hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. We're in the, we're in the, we're in the end game now. I'm just, uh, put their legs into their sweatshirt as sweatpants, so... We needed a moment to settle. I'm still out of breath. My foot kept getting stuck in the hood part and not in the arm sleeve. I panicked a little. And then suddenly I thought, why don't we sell? And that's why I drink sweatpants. So that'd be great. Somebody, Eva, Eva, can, can we do that? Eva, write that down. Is that a thing? I don't even know what they'd look like, but I'm excited. Oh, they would look good though. Oh yeah, they look bananas. Mm. <laughs> we'll work on that. Um, hi everybody. Hello. How is everybody? Are you doing good? I'm doing good. Are you doing good? Good. Good. Uh, how are you, Em? I'm, I'm good. I just said it. Good. My legs are good. Warm. Finally. My, I really am still out of breath. That was a real... <laughs> I could, you know when you're, like, not in shape and you can... Uh, no, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> like, I could feel my, like, abs where they should be, at least. I could feel it, like, twitching because I was trying to hold my core together I swear, enough the only person i know who know who doesn't know that is rj rj is the only person i know who doesn't know what it's like to not be in shape <laughs> recently I, I was sitting on the couch with allison and i like tried to lean up just to like pull the blanket out from behind me and her legs were on my lap she could feel my stomach trembling because i could not <laughs> lift the blanket out from behind me uh... and i'm sure rj would be like what are you talking about like i lift other humans over my head <laughs> i don't know uh... 
How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for asking. Um, You're welcome. It's February. We're uh, getting through it. We, You mm-hmm. guys are probably cold. I'm so sorry about that. Um, we're doing some things. We're going to Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like things are like, okay, this is so going to jinx it, but I feel like things are relatively calm right now. Goodbye. Which okay. I think last year during tour, things were so not calm that now I'm like anxious. Comparatively, like, everything right? is so much better than our last tour just because we did so much more prep work. It just felt like something we were, con- it felt like we were constantly behind last year. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, I feel like we're actually like, okay, knock on wood, seriously, because now I don't want to jinx it. But so far, so good. As yeah. of today, we're doing great. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow, a whole other. Yeah, we'll get back wax. to you real quick. But um, no, I hope everyone else is doing okay doing great um i'm i've been feeling very thankful for all of you listeners lately and just really reflecting and writing in my gratitude journal about you and um meditating the fuck about me i'm great you grateful for me oh yes okay sure right. i uh-huh. added an 11th spot on my list just for you okay well <laughs> i didn't even know you kidding. had a gratitude journal. i do have a gratitude journal and um i was out of it for a while because i was you know traveling and stuff i'm trying to get back into it it's actually really like calming like comforting because you're kind of like okay even if things are going bad or stressful there are always things that you're like oh mine are usually coffee because i do it in the morning um and you're pretty much always on there obviously full of lies i'm not you want to see it no that's so sweet (laughs) and i don't want to see it and then and then get emotional so i'm gonna pretend (laughs) it's not real you folks are on there obviously anyway it's a couple of them switch throughout the day whether i'm mad at g or juni or not (laughs) Um, but yeah, no. And so I've been trying to really be more, um, be more focused on all the goodness and, um, I'm thankful for all of you. So thank you. Oh my. Now my next step, I want to go back to the lucid dreaming. So I'm going to, I'm going to start getting back into that. Some tarot. I want to get back into the tarot. Someone did a really nice aura reading for me recently and sent it to me and it made me cry. I was like, what does it say? Holy smokes. Um, it said a lot. So I'm not going to. What color is your aura? So, uh, okay. I think the main one was pink. But, okay. but also they said sometimes people have different interpretations of the colors. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, so, yeah, let me see. I want to just make sure I give them a shout out because uh, so uh, it was from Blair, who uses they, them uh, pronouns. Um, and Blair is an empath and practicing pagan witch and is also a patron. And so during our live stream, um, they said they would send an, an aura reading my way. Wow. Probably because I screamed at their face that I wanted one. <laughs> As a joke, and then they followed through, which was just so unbelievably kind. But yeah, so um, uh, a predominant pink, a protruding yellow, and a receding green. Okay, It'll sound like a starburst or like a. It sounds like Elisa Frank. Go slow down and kind of stop, like a street street light. Yeah, like a really neon, like like a pastel yeah. stoplight. Yeah, um, and so you know, it was really sweet and uh, very. It felt like almost chilling i was like holy crap like i don't even this person doesn't even know me like well, beyond probably... the podcast but sure there's some stuff in here and i was like wowza interesting um I, I just read one line they seldom make rash mistakes i'm like well <laughs> okay blair you're not totally blair, on it no, you're I'm not just totally on it i feel like to think i'm not too well Okay, I can't even defend that one. But <laughs> thank you, Blair, for that, by the way. That was just really, really thoughtful of you. And um, it really made me happy. And it made me kind of start thinking about things. And I think I'm just in one of those phases. Um, I'm so sorry. You're just going to have to be patient with of me. Of course. You know my phases. 
Oh, I know. I love your phases. Oh, thank you. Nobody else does. I mean, uh, my phase right now is Pokemon. I mean, come on. That's a good phase, though. I'm really on board. It's a good phase because I'm going to be making money on it one day. Yeah, like, I know you've had, like, your tea phase and stuff, but the Pokemon one so far I'm, like, really amped about. Thank you. I just bought three new uh, binders yesterday for all my sleeves. Ooh. I don't know if I've mentioned on here. I'm collecting my Pokemon cards again, by the way. If you haven't figured it out. <laughs> uh, no, I found all my old ones from my mom's house, and a lot of them are in pretty great condition so i was like i'll just i'll just fill out the complete set so that's amazing i mean that's that's a fun hobby yeah i came back i bought a bunch of cards when we were gone in texas and i came home to them so it was fun to like <laughs> organize them and it's like an unboxing it was it was i get fab fun you get pokemon cards <laughs> listen i love my pokemon cards I'm, and i'm trying to i mean it's gonna take a while but just because the ones that i want are the ones that i have but want better conditions of are wildly expensive oh so i imagine it's gonna be a very slow collection but it gives me something oh, to do your grandparents or grandparents your grandchildren are gonna be so proud of you someday they are especially when i don't give them the cards yeah and right have they're sold not them. toys <laughs> they'll really enjoy the yacht i buy with them <laughs> um i will though so yeah. i think i think this is why maybe i'm so on board with this uh this hobby of yours yeah so i don't know if i'm actually gonna sell them or not but i do want to eventually at least have a full complete set so if you don't ha use your pokemon cards at anymore i might take this opportunity to say please send them to our PO, PO oh box. my goodness yeah i mean why not was it two i can't i remember our address anymore 1920 1920 hillhurst ave number 265 los angeles california 90027 yes yeah, if you don't use your Pokemon cards anymore, by all means, please send them my way. I was going to bring you some. I, I'm going home uh, in a couple of days to visit family in Cincinnati, so I might check uh, I might check if it, my mom still has any in the attic. Because mm. I might have some. I mean, they're probably not anything special, so I wouldn't get your hopes up. But You'd I'll be surprised. Them. There's some of them that I, I didn't know were not worth anything, but like I thought for sure I had one, and I don't. And now I have to go out and search for them. So I, I'm, did they, you, might, they might complete me. I feel like we never talk about Pokemon. Did you... Um, did you watch it or did you play the cards or did you both okay all i i played and i watched and i collected when but I was did younger. you play the video games oh yeah oh okay because i know I, you hate video games so i, I was that's fair i know i well i had a game boy color me too. growing up i had the blue one like the teal one i had the purple see-through one okay i know i've told you about this already but i wasn't allowed to have the purple see-through one because my mom told me that was a boy color jokes on you mom <laughs> but I all it's all I ever wanted. I'm still kind of mad about it, actually. Um, you know you have one now, right? I know oh, okay. I now have one. But, Steven sent you one, but I still, I my child, the child in me oh, always sure. wanted to show it off. But I had Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, and Pokemon Yellow. Oh, I had Red, Yellow, and Silver. Yeah, I had I had the um I guess the original three colors, and then they had like Sapphire and Ruby, or, or they had Silver and Gold and Sapphire. Yeah, I stopped caring after Red, Yellow, Blue. I or Red, Blue, Yellow. I stopped Did caring. You, uh, but you don't want to play them now. Like I, Pokemon I do TV. play them now, actually. On uh, Switch? No, on my oh. actual Game Boy Color. Oh, it still works. Oh, but other than those three, that's like I found my I found my my video I see, game I thing. I, I just kind of assumed you never played them because I know you don't like video games, so I didn't know what your entrance to the pokey world was mm, no when i was uh younger my mom and i did a lot of traveling and so yeah. it was an easy thing for my mom to keep me busy on the airplane oh yeah it's because it, it didn't have tv it saved my my mother when we traveled with her too yeah. just passed the game boy back i also played the uh to this day i can't win it but on the game boy color they had a tarzan game mm. 
and uh i was never able to get past like level seven and i'm sure there's i'm sure most adults could get through that very well it was and, hard those things and i had a sega dreamcast nice that was pretty fun we had a sega genesis okay i'm sorry you guys are so fascinated with this i'm sure um i yeah anyway we can talk about this on on a a live stream someday maybe if anyone wants to talk to talk about it i forgot we were being recorded we we were just sitting here yeah i think we were supposed to talk about other things on this show and i know people things that are less fun write mean reviews about us talking about ourselves so uh let's talk about other people you mean people are listening to our podcast where we talk about ourselves and don't like that we're talking about ourselves on our podcast i'm gonna talk about someone else this is the patron of the week their name is chris Christina P. Christina P. Hi, Christina P. With quite an Italian last name. Ooh. Thank you so much for Penne. supporting Penne. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for supporting us and for uh, being being you and having a really cool name and being so Italian. Being having a cool na- first name, the coolest. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w.com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh, my God. Okay, so my story is from your homeland, Ohio. Hey! Oh, my God, my story's from Ohio, too. Huh. Is it about Walter? No, it's not about Walter. (laughs) Uh, so this is the story of the Ohio State slash Mansfield Reformatory. Oh, okay. Oh, I've heard about this place. Uh, so it is the most haunted place in Ohio. Fun fact. Um, some say it's one of the most haunted places in the country. Besides my mom's house. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's a fact. (laughs) It's been seen on the Harry and Walter Go to New York show. I do not know what that is. Me either. It's been on Tango and Cash. It's been on Air Force One? What? Seen on Air Force One? Is like that a someone show? Like watched Ghost Adventures on Air Force One? I don't know. Let's make it that one. The president has actually watched this on Air Force One. Which president? I don't know. Let's go with Obama, please. Okay. Thank Michelle you. actually Michelle! has watched videos about the Mansfield Reformatory on Air Force One. It's also been mentioned on Scariest Stories on Earth, the place with the creepy alien mm. voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Zelda. 
It's yep, scariest uh, scary stories on earth, and it's also been on scariest places on earth. It's been on Ghost Hunters. It's been on uh, Lil Wayne's music video "Go DJ." Oh hell yeah! It's been on Fallen Angels, and it's been on Ghost Adventures. It's been on Ghost Hunters Academy. It's Holy been on shit. Inside Secret America and Destination America. But it's best known because For, it was, and a, that's why we drink episode. Yes. 159. Bingo. Also, because it was apparently the filming location for parts of Shawshank Redemption. <gasps> what? I feel like I'm such a loser. I don't know this about my own state. It's okay. I'm going to catch you up. Thank you. So in 1861, the property was a training camp during the Civil War called the Camp Mordecai Bartley. But in the 1840s, uh, it, the, it became like Mansfield. The town became Mansfield, I guess. Got it. And so in 1867, six years later... Uh, Mansfield was chosen as a build site for an immediate penitentiary, which was 180 acres and cost $1.3 million at the time. Oh, that's a lot. So $1.3 million in 1867. I couldn't even begin to tell you how much that cost. $400 billion. Okay. That sounds right. Um, there were three design choices. Uh, fun fact, there are three different styles to this place, so it's a little mishmash of all of them. Victorian Gothic, Richardsonian Romanesque, and Queen Anne. Oh my god! So they really were like, hmm. Oh, this prison. What uh, what turrets do we want it to have? Like, I mean, it sounds. You were just telling me and Eva about Victorian houses. How at the time yeah. they were actually super tacky because they were so ornate. Fun fact, everyone: Victorian houses originally were considered the McMansions of their day um, because they were built by typically the nouveau riche who wanted to show off their money, and so they would build these really massive, intricate houses with like big turrets and things that kind of were useless as far as architecturally speaking but were kind of flashy and showy and so nowadays obviously they're considered very historic and beautiful and like i love them personally but uh i do but people at the time then apparently would laugh at us for thinking it looked beautiful it's like apparently very tacky and like you're showing off your wealth by like building crazy you know spirals and shit in your house um, but yeah, so that's kind of a fun fact. Anyway. Anyway, this sounds like it's it was one of those tacky places because it's got a lot of really uh, elegant, elaborate. For a jail, too. Like, uh-huh. what, so it's like a it's like a McMansion. A penitentiary, a Mc, yeah. A McPenitentiary. A, Mc, a McTentiary. Um, <laughs> sure. Also, the design was meant, obviously, because it was like uh, Victorian Gothic and all this. It a was McPrison. meant. A McPrison. A McPrison. Sorry, it just sounds better. It was a. Uh, the design was meant to intimidate, but also encourage the inmates to become uh, become spiritually reborn. So it's supposed to also kind of look like a church. Oh, so it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. I remember those. Um, also, it was built to look like a castle, so it would look beautiful on the outside. So it was actually considered a gift to be sentenced here compared to other facilities. You're welcome for putting you in this prison cell. In this prison castle church. <laughs> um, so when the first prisoners actually ca- came there, it was such a nice looking like facility compared to other things in the area. And so townspeople lined the streets handing the first prisoners cigars as like congratulations. Oh my goodness. And the building wasn't completely finished yet, so the first inmates actually did have to help with construction. Oh. And the prison was done fourteen years later. So if you were there for the first fourteen years, part of your stay in this penitentiary was to help build the place. That always like that is so scary. I remember that story you told in Florida where they had to build the gallows that they would later be hanged in. Yeah. Like they, and you have it's to, just so disturbing. And here you have to build your own prison. Your Mc, like, your McPrison. Your McPrison. Mm. It's like a whole other psychological torture. It must be. And you're doing manual labor, too. I'm sure, like, also, how was that, like, like how was that supervised? Like, because you would think if all these prisoners are building it, That's, they would build secret passageways. I would put little loose bricks in there. Yeah. 
A Shawshank Redemption style? You know, maybe Listen. a little passageways? In 1919, it was finally completed, and it was the largest self-supporting steel cell block in the world. It had 600 cells, and it was six stories high. Wow. Um, they had It was a mid-level, moderate security prison for the first-time offenders, and the goal was just rehabilitation, so it was very pro- progressive for its time. Okay. Um, it had vocational schooling on site. The facility was self-sustaining. It produced its own food, and 90% of the... Um, inmates when they left they ended up not reoffending. so oh wow it was doing its job that's pretty incredible and in 1891 it was officially changed to the uh ohio state reformatory not the mansfield reformatory in what year 18, uh, 1891 got it in that same year um phoebe wise owned a farmhouse across the street okay oh good Re- for her <laughs> remember, remember phoebe okay Can you I was imagine like, if i don't mention phoebe yeah. for the rest of <laughs> i love that that's the best maybe i should start doing that in all of my haunted house stories i'll be like and across the street lived benjamin he had a yo-yo <laughs> yeah good for him just to like bring some light to this story. i really like this fun fact that you just gave me who the fuck is phoebe wise we'll i don't find know out. so in 1891 phoebe wise lived across the street in a farmhouse um, people thought Phoebe was rich, but she, uh, just because she didn't trust banks. So they thought like, oh, she must like have all of her money held uh. somewhere else. Um, so rumors of her having a fortune hidden in the house started circulating the area and three men broke into her house, tied her to a chair, <gasps> lit a torch under her feet, <gasps> demanding her fortune. Oh my so God, oh my God, oh my God. burning her feet until she like came clean about where her money was. Oh no, oh no. But she didn't have anything. She just didn't trust banks. And so when they left, she untied herself and walked to the jail to report everything since there were guards there. She's like, this just happened across the street to me. <laughs> Holy shit. And she became a local celebrity. Um, a guy named Jacob heard about her and started stalking her because he was so impressed with her story. Oh, ew. Okay. Ew. So now a second round of horror is I happening. Mean, come on. This woman can't get a break. We should have just ended it at she bought a house across the street. Well, I liked Phoebe when she had her yo-yo across the street. <laughs> so uh, Jacob got into stalking her and showed up at her house one night tapped on the window knocked on the door and watched her through her windows don't fucking do that people apparently this became pretty common and one night came to her house and yelled marry me or kill me phoebe (gasps) and so she pointed a rifle through the window and shot him (gasps) she's like get the fuck away from me she's like you at you told it me to so the mansfield news journal the next day uh, had a headline that Phoebe Wise rids herself of an intolerable nuisance. <laughs> Cockroaches? Pests? No. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob. So after she died in 1933, locals believed that she still had a fortune, and so they broke in and tore apart her floors and walls. What in the world? But before that, when she had uh, uh, untied herself and... Um, and gone to the police, and then she started getting stalked, the reason that she became such a big... Uh, name in town was because she also then became a hermit because she was terrified of <laughs> the fact that someone broke in and lit her feet on fire yes and so I that's why so. she started getting stalkers because they were curious about what happened to her but um uh, oh, they, she started getting stalkers because these people were they wanted her fortune or they wanted to marry her apparently they were being bad people and being stalkers well also the reason i mentioned this now is because she became a hermit, obviously. People started getting curious about her. She started talking to the animals near her. She started uh, being known for shouting loudly out the window to get people's attention. She also, apparently to the local children, was a witch. 
Right. That checks out for, uh, you know, childhood lore, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll bring that up later. But Phoebe Wise is now the witch across the street from the Ohio State Reformatory. Okay, interesting, interesting. So in the 1960s, the reformatory was getting overcrowded and it was breeding conflict. And uh, 10 years later, they declared it was a now a max security program and dangerous criminals were also getting sent there mm. after it was already overcrowded. Mm, so okay. now there's like really scary criminals also crowding this place. So the prison's focus shifted from reform to just punishment just to keep people at bay. And it got a reputation for inhumane conditions. Let me guess. The the reoffender rate went up uh, or went down. Oh, I'm sure. Or whatever the percentage was. I'm sure of that. There was an extre- a, a reputation for extreme violence between the inmates. There was excessive daily shakings and beatings from the guards. Shakings? Oh, there God. was poor nutrition, pest infestations, diseases. Occasionally, the inmates were thrown over the catwalks. Holy shit. Just to get them away. I don't know. What the fuck? Uh, apparently, there were a few types of torture. One was called the butterfly. Mm, no, I don't like this. Um, there was electro torture. There were water hoses. There was a sweat box. And there was the hole. What's the butterfly? I think we get to it a okay. little bit. Um, ironically, the chapel was also now an execution room. Oh, my goodness. Many were tortured and hanged there. Oh, my God. Um, Many also died of suicide. One in particular was in cell 13. It was an inmate named James Lockhart who doused himself with stolen turpentine and paint thinner, set himself on fire in the cell. (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, the cellmates said that his body peeled off <gasps> in chunks. Oh my god! Oh my god! As oh my god, they oh my god. dragged him oh, to the infirmary. Oh no! The infirmary. Oh no! 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 So they were just trying to get him to the infirmary, and he was falling up, literally falling off of himself. Ugh. Um, over two hundred people have died here. They were buried outside in the cemetery, including two guards in the nineteen twenties. One was Urban Wilford, who was shot by an inmate named Philip. In 1932, another guard, during an escape attempt, was beaten to death by inmates, and his name was Frank. Um, In 1948, uh, there was a murder on the property when the superintendent, wife, and daughter were kidnapped and shot by two parolees execution style. Holy shit. And two parolees. These two parolees were considered the, quote, mad dog killers. They planned the murder for years because the superintendent apparently used to abuse them. So they thought, well, we'll just kill you and your family. But the daughter, oh no. In the 1950s, uh, the new superintendent was Arthur Glatke. He was a superintendent for 20 years and lived in the administration area with his wife, Helen, because at the time, I guess you also lived on site. That doesn't seem like a good idea anymore after that first murder, but okay, sure. He tried and he actually tried improving the conditions. He played slow music on the speakers to keep inmates calm. He was well respected. And one day Helen was looking for her jewelry box in the closet and accidentally (gasps) knocked over a loaded gun off the shelf It went off and shot her. She died three days later. Oh, my God. And a few years later, Arthur died in uh, his office in the administration area. So those are died after he died years later. Oh, I thought you said days later. Oh, no. Yeah, a few years later, he died in his office. Oh, so. my. Oh, she died three days, sorry, after the shoot. Yeah. That so is horrifying. That's dude. two more deaths, but they were actually respected She was looking by the for inmates. her jewelry box? That's yeah. really sad. Um, So the hole uh, oh, that I mentioned we, is solitary confinement, total darkness. You are starved. You're not given food. And you sleep on concrete floors, which were roach and rat infested. <sighs> and uh, there was only... There was only supposed to be one person per cell, and there were 20 cells. 
Um, but I'm sure with overcrowding, a lot sure. of people were getting shoved in rooms meant for one person. Um, in 1957, a riot broke out among 120 inmates, and all of them were put in the hole, which meant six men per cell for an entire month. So a space meant to fit one person had six people in it, and you were there for 30 and they days. they were starving and in pitch black. Yes. I mean... And probably, like, honestly, like, this is really gross, but, like, defecating on each other and, sure, like, sleeping, need... standing up, and... Um, I can't even compre- I can't even imagine. In one of those cells where six men were now shoved in there for 30 days, the guards accidentally paired up two of the most violent inmates who hated each other. Uh-huh. They fought and no guards came, so one was killed, and the guards didn't find out for a month oh because they weren't going in to feed them or take care of them. They literally just, the guards closed the doors and opened them 30 days later. And Can you imagine being that person, though, to be like, okay, it's been 30 days. Hey, uh, Jim, you go open the cell now. Right. Let Where, like, out. the second someone goes and opens the door, they're going to beat the shit you out of you. You would think so. Or Maybe they would, eat you. They would want to. Uh, so the guards didn't find out for a month. Um, and so the one, the guard that was killed was stuffed in the bedding when they found him. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. Sorry. So, so the two guards, the two inmates who hated each other one of them got killed by the other and stuffed in the bedding and they found out a month later oh the prisoner got stuffed in the bed yeah and the guard found out a month later got it got it um the infirmary was no better at this point it was full of neglect um many people starved because they couldn't fight off uh inmates that stole their food because they were just lying there helpless sure in 1978 the council for human dignity filed a lawsuit for inhumane conditions Mm. And in 1986, the prison was forced to be closed due to delays and didn't close for actually another four years. The, the last inmates to actually be transferred was four years after it was demanded to be closed. Man. In the 1990s, the building was uh, supposed to be torn down, but Shawshank location scouts uh, loved the prison so much and ended up saving the building um, because they wanted to film mm. parts of Shawshank Redemption there. Cool. So... After the movie, uh, preservationists convinced the state not to tear any more of the building down, so the front of it is saved. The rest of it has been destroyed. Um, but in 19 fi- 1995, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society was formed and turned the prison into a museum. <gasps> so the Preservation Society is trying to restore the the jail to its original state, and it's open almost year-round. And the, they also have a Shawshank Trail tour, which shows you, like, behind-the-scenes stories. That's and really cool. I would love to do that. That sounds fun. I love that movie. Um, also, there's a Halloween-themed haunted prison experience. Oh, I don't want to do that part. You can do that part. Where there's actors and animatronics and stuff like that. Um, it, they also offer public and private ghost hunts and ghost walks for children, ghost hunt classes, and special ghost events. Ghost hunt classes! That's fun! Precious. Precious. And ghost events for children. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. So, uh, they offer three types of guided ghost tours. The History Meets Hollywood, which I assume has something to do with Shawshank mm-hmm. Redemption. Mm-hmm. Beyond the Bars, and the Inmate Tour. Ooh, that sounds spooky. They all sound good. Yeah. And many of the Preservation Society's tour guides are former inmates, so they're also helping give them jobs and things like that, but they also have they're personal experience. inmates? That is wild. So they also have the personal experience, so they will straight up tell you things that they experienced when they were prisoners That's there. That's like uh, at Alcatraz when that guy was there to sign books and he had been a prisoner. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. He, like, was one of the prisoners, and he wrote a book, and he was there signing books at Alcatraz. I remember you got me a cup from that day. Yeah. I also got you a copy of that book, I think. Didn't I? No, I think you just got me the mug, and then oh. you got me a flag. Okay, maybe I'm making that up. I remember you telling me about this, the book, though. Huh. 
Um, one of the, so this is a quote from, uh, one of the tour guides, I think. Um, one of them was there in the 1960s and another was, oh, this is the preservation society talking about how they're hiring, um, former inmates to work there. Okay. One of them was, uh, was there in the 1960s and another was there in the 1980s. So their tours are totally different because Mm. they were in the same cell blocks, but under different laws. Right. So they can give the history better than most. So it works out well for everyone. That is so interesting. Um, they also host the Music and Tattoo Festival, mm. a murder mystery dinner theater, a beer fest, and a 7K Shawshank Hustle run. Sorry, what? I would like to be a part of this. All, not the run, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, know how to market themselves, Seriously, I guess. Seriously, I am... This is so cool. Um, so now I'm just going to tell you the guests. The ghosts. The guests. Well, the... <laughs> Eternal guests, yeah, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in the admin area, there are apparently shadow people. People hear voices and see foot or psst, they hear voices and footsteps. Mm-hmm. They sense being watched. They feel gusts of cold air. They've heard a man or a woman whispering. They've smelled roses, which apparently is Helen's perfume, the oh, one who shot oh, herself by accident. No. People have smelled cigars. Helen has actually been seen walking to the bathroom. Mm. In the attic, there's a quote from someone saying Let's just say a very well-known paranormal celebrity had an experience up there and refused to go back in. I'm not going to say who it was. I'll just say that he grabbed his scarf and walked out. I don't know who wears a scarf. ZB. Is it ZB? I would think maybe. I don't think he would ever walk away from a challenge, though. That's true. He would yell at it. Anyone know a ghost? But maybe that's why it's a secret. Maybe. But then he should have said, like... He grabbed his, like, bag of extra biceps and walked out. <laughs> he grabbed, grabbed his GNC protein powder. He grabbed left. his acid wash jeans. Um, so in the basement, there are two different entities down there that uh, they're avoided even when the building was a jail. So people will see a boy running or hiding and others will sense a, quote, malicious presence um, mm. flash, where flashlights have stopped working. They have gotten the sense of being choked. Oh, there's an apparition of a guard with, quote, sinister vibes. <laughs> He's got some sinister vibes. Honestly, vibe check. He's kind of like <laughs> sinister. Do you not see my neon sign, good vibes only? <laughs> uh, people have felt a cold breeze and heard whispers, and psychics have actually spoken to a 14-year-old boy who says that the inmates cornered him and beat him to death. What? A child? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Okay. There's also been EVPs of a little boy whispering and saying, hey. What is this child? This is terrible. I don't know. They think that it might have been like a family member visiting a guard or maybe visiting even one of the prisoners. Lordy. Okay. Um, In the cell blocks, inmates have told guards that they were scared at night because they felt like something was touching them at night in the dark. (gasps) Um, They felt... Imagine being an inmate and no one's even giving you the time of day to explain what's going on. And you're stuck in there, obviously. And you're like, help, I don't want to be here in the middle of the night. And they're like, too bad you're in jail. Well, and I'm sure it doesn't help that you don't want to, like, admit to everyone that you're scared. Right. But they felt hands touching them at night. They felt something grabbing at their bedsheets. They've reported being tucked in by something. Oh, God! And people here uh, running in the halls and cell doors slamming on their own. People have experienced tapping noises on the walls. They'll see shadow figures pacing in the cells. Mm -mm. And people have been pushed... There have been photos of apparitions, and there's even an EVP of someone saying, please don't touch me. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I don't want to yeah, touch you. no thank Go, you. No problem. Don't, don't touch, touch me. me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't touch me. I don't touch you. We're fine. Quid pro quo. So there's a chair room on the third floor. A chair room? There is a... Yeah, huh. I don't know why. Oh, that's it? I'd love to have a chair room. Uh, there's a chair room that... Oh, <laughs> chair in the room. 
I it's was like, like you need damn. to explain this to me. I would me. love a chair room. Yeah, same. I'd love a couch room, really. I'd love just like a blankets and pillows room. Yeah. Um, so there is a chair in the room on the third floor that always moves back to its original spot. <gasps> so if you move it anywhere else, you will hear it slide back after you Forget leave. Forget it. Never mind. I don't want that room. And em-, em can have that room. One guy said he was going to smash the chair and turn it into firewood. And then something shoved him, mm. and he felt burning on his back, and giant welts appeared. He's like, I'm going to turn you into firewood, man. <laughs> That's, what, is that guy's chair? He's like, don't touch my chair. Maybe, maybe. I imagine it's someone's favorite chair. Yeah. And then they died, and now people try to fuck with the chair, Why and they're are they like. touching my chair? They're like, give me back my fucking chair. Don't set my chair on fire, you asshole. That's like, I imagine someone's grandpa is still pissed that, like, their Barker lounge yes, is being sat in exactly. by someone else. Like, the dog took it over. It's like, no, that's my yeah. goddamn chair. And then if someone's like, I'm going to set this Barker lounge on fire. <laughs> grandpa yeah, comes what? back and is what like i don't think so shoves you sets you on fire right. I guess. <laughs> so um in the chapel people get grabbed a lot awesome great um there are strange lights and photos there are unexplained noises spirits are seen lingering in the doorways and people hear shouting screaming and crying <sighs> and then there's elmo oh? uh who tickle me don't tickle this one and don't let him tickle you back. That really won't let him tickle me back. <laughs> don't you worry about that. Uh, apparently, so Elmo is the name for what appears as a red glow in the shape of a literal Muppet. It looks like fucking Elmo. What? It looks like a big anthropomorphic blob that's red. No. And uh, it shows up in many guests' photos. Oh, ew. So here's a quote. If you see the red glow in your pictures, Elmo is posing. Oh, no, 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 no. Elmo is allegedly demonic. You don't say. Allegedly. And invokes fear and anger, and accidents happen when he appears. So guests are pushed on the stairs. People have been forcefully struck with something that they can't see. But, I mean, it's literally like, oh, if you see a picture, if you take a picture there and you see Elmo, look out. Because he's... (laughs) Look out! Elmo's gonna tickle you a little too hard. Yeah, this is like Elmo's uh, doppelganger, the one that, like, in a parallel universe is just, like, violent and evil. Yeah, it's just demonic Elmo. Oh, demonic Elmo. That sounds... Demonic Muppets are not something I want to get involved demonic with. Demonic Muppets. Now, that's a Jim Henson original. Oh, wait, that's true. I guess Elmo is not Jim Henson, huh? Oh, no, Sesame no, Street. Sesame Street. Hmm. I would still consider him a Muppet, even though he's not, like, on mm, Kermit the Frog's yeah. team. I guess I don't know if that's trademarked. It's kind of like Disney and, like, the Looney like Tunes. Pixar. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, like, like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Sure. Like, I still think of them on the same pedestal. Just yeah, different yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Companies. Um, they're probably, like, cousins or something. Yeah, something like that. Like, like Elmo has the knockoff. It's not easy being red, you know? So <laughs> It's not easy being red. <laughs> so, wait, t- you know what's interesting, though, is my dad growing up, my nickname, f- since I was a baby, my dad always called me Elmo. Uh-oh. And you dance like Kermit. Oh, shit! It's not easy being red, guys. I'll tell you what. Hold on. That is so weird. Are we the Muppets? Are we? You're the off-brand Muppet. Interesting. I'm, I'm the real Muppet. The Okay. Interesting. The Here for the Booze logo for our new tour was actually created by someone who has worked for the Jim Henson company. So we're, are yeah. we Muppets wearing Muppets? Uh, I'm getting really thrown. This is crazy. We Don't have sue told, us. We have told them that multiple times now. I'm going to keep saying it. But we're going to keep saying it. Um, but holy shit. Yeah, huh? I think we're Muppets. <laughs> it's I'm about time sure. we reveal to you our true selves. Uh, so, Sorry, another... so there's a demon. Okay. Yeah. There, yeah. Got it. We are the demonic Elmo. Actually, Kermit, it checks out. It checks out. I dance like a fucking demon. I tell you what. That's the truth. So apparently if there's a cluster of three orbs uh, in your photo, then that's like Elmo like plus the Trinity, which is like 
like a mocking of the Trinity. So oh it's like super demonic. God. So you will smell something rotten and your electronics will malfunction if oh you God. see three red glowing things in your pictures. In the infirmary, there are gusts of wind in closed rooms and disembodied moaning. There are orbs and high EMF reads. Um, in the graveyard, objects will move by themselves, equipment will fail, and it's now forbidden from entering. Fun mm, fact. I believe it. In the library where Helen died, um, Helen has been seen gliding across the room and objects will fall to the floor and move on their own. Oh, dear. She's looking for her jewelry box. She's like, where the fuck is that jewelry? I need those earrings, man. On the stairs, guests are shoved or slapped on the back. People will hear evil laughter, and some people will feel pressure on the small of their backs or arms, as oh. if they're being helped up the stairs. Oh. Ugh. Yuck. Like, thank you for helping. I guess, thanks. I feel like they'd be leading you up just to push you down. Yeah, probably true. Um, the hole, uh, people still to this day get really nauseous. I don't think I could even go in there. That would be... It sounds too dark. Seems too much for me. People get nauseous. People feel like they're being watched. People have felt breath on their necks. People have seen glowing eyes. They've heard shuffling in halls. Um, and they've heard deranged babbling. <gasps> People have heard growling. They've heard crying and sounds of cell doors being banged on. They've seen shadow figures that are regularly roaming the halls oh, and God. the hole. Oh, God. Um, and tour guides often think that they're missing guests because a, <gasps> a certain amount of people will show up on the tour and then halfway through, oh my God. it looks like there's less people, but it's the same amount of people, which means ghosts Goose cam. showed up for the tour and then disappeared halfway through. Yikes. Or it will look like new people have joined the tour and it's really ghosts are now. They're like, this is my favorite part. They're like, where's your paid ticket? They're like, I'm here for this one. This is my favorite, this is my favorite part. I'm Elmo. I want to hear you talk about me. <laughs> and then I'll go away. I'm very vain. Um, so there are hundreds of EVPs, apparently. Visitors have been scratched, had their hair pulled. They've seen um, apparitions following them. There's camera evidence of spirits walking through the jail at night and following tours. So <sighs> if you look at behind a tour, behind the tour, like a couple feet behind them will be a shadow figure. I hate that. This is why I'm not, you don't ever go the last person in a tour. You can't on ever. these kind of things. I put me but right also, in the middle. But also like, really, do you want to be in the middle? Because then you're surrounded by maybe five random spirits who weren't there originally. Well, as long as fuck i don't know eh? just don't go at all <laughs> also it. in cell 13 where the guy caught himself on fire and was literally dripping off of his body people have gone numb in his cell and apparently the guy that set himself on fire will show himself to guests and he will still be on fire oh, oh, oh no oh no oh no oh no oh no people have also witnessed phoebe our good pal the witch phoebe she's back she has been seen staring out of windows and walking on the road between her house and the jail, almost as if she's still replaying that energy of her walking to the jail. night, yeah. There are even reports of her asking to hitch a ride to the reformatory and vanishing in your car. Oh, God. Oh. She's like, my feet were just set on fire. Can I hop in? Yep. And then disappearing. And that's the Ohio State Mansfield Reformatory. I am actually like full on. Look at my goose cam right now. Holy smokes. Yay. That was a good one. I spooked you. That one spooked me good, man. You're welcome. Ooh. I hope I spooked others. Wow. I still can't get over how, matter of fact, I was like, oh, and then someone across the way bought a house. Her name's Phoebe. 
the end. There was like a pause, and I was like, well, you did that with the chair room at first, too. You're like, there's also a chair room. And in the downstairs, I was like, wait, hold on. Can you tell that my notes, like, I, it takes a second for me to register even what I fucking wrote. We get so wrapped up in, like, telling it that sometimes your words kind of don't. Well, because also when I'm, like, writing the notes, I'm not thinking about how I'm going to say them later. So then when I'm saying them, I'm like, oh, now I have to re, I have to edit them yeah. on the spot. Yeah, your thoughts. You'd think process. after like almost two hundred episodes, I we'd be better at this. You'd think, but you'd think wrong. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over thirty five hundred stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm going to take a little slurpy slurp of my Starbies. Okay. So... Hello, everyone. My story today is also Ohio adjacent. Interesting. I think it's mostly Kentucky. Well, it's a mix. We'll see. Um, so this is the story of Donald Harvey, the angel of death. Angel of death. Wow. Yikes. Um, so this is so I want to first list my sources real quick. I listened to an episode uh, um, about him on True Crime All the Time podcast. Um, I got articles from Thought Co., All That's Interesting, The New York Times, and People.com. Those were my main sources. And use some Wikipedia-ing, obviously. Mm. Um, so let's crack into it. Okay. Let's crack a whack it. <laughs> no? Okay. I like it. Also, can we mention the thing that I, I, I invented now beyond bananas? Oh, yes, please. Oh, we love this. Okay. You know how we always say bananas? Well, M took it a step further. I well, so I don't remember. I don't know why this happened. I it just felt right. And so we were all in the car in Texas after a show. Yeah. And then someone I think Eva was talking about something. And instead of me going, well, she sounds bananas. I went I wasn't thinking and I just went she sounds noodles and just kept staring at their phone. And we were like, what did you just say? 
I wasn't thinking. I just decided and to say noodles that time. Eva lost her GD mind. Like she went kind of noodles. I she, have never heard her laugh this hard at anything. I felt so good. My ego was I at know. like an all time high. I was like, wow, I've never heard Eva laugh like that. And she was laughing so hard that I got distracted from laughing myself. And so <laughs> it was like funny to watch Eva laugh. I don't know, but. Uh, so yeah. anyway, now I'm I'm switching it up every now and then. I'm going to take out the bananas and say. And then noodles. later that night, um, I had a bad experience with a Postmates driver, and M said he's the mayor of Noodle Town. <laughs> he is. He's the fucking mayor. Oh, and then you weren't here. I forgot to tell you my new the new thing. Oh God. Okay. So Eva and I flew back earlier than Christine, so it was just me and Eva, um, getting onto the plane, and we were talking about how things were noodles and how there was like a mayor of Noodle Town. And then I realized, like, wait a minute, doesn't your, like, weird game, don't they, like, propose with spaghetti and shit? <laughs> and so I was like, isn't your, isn't your spaghetti friend, like, the governor of Noodletown? <laughs> so I don't know if I'm saying any of it right. I don't know what you're totally talking about. I think you know you're talking the guy about Stardew who, Valley. Yeah, that guy. But don't they, like, spaghetti no, on their head? Eva does that. Eva did that. Oh. Eva walked around with spaghetti on her head and handed it to Sebastian. So Eva's the governor of Noodletown. Eva's, we always knew it. Eva as the governor of Noodletown. I had a hunch. Well, there was a part where I accidentally murdered the governor in the game. You did? Well, I don't want to go there. It was really What bad. did you hold up? Well, so here's the thing is like there was a stew and they said, put something in the stew. And so I was like, oops, I forgot to bring my ingredients. But like, who else will know? So I put in some tree sap. It was the only thing I had with me. And then it was like, he like almost, he like died. And then everyone was like, who did this? And I was like, please. They don't know it's me. And he's like, it's a video game. Of course they know it's you. Like, you're the one that caused this. I literally, this is, this sounds like such an acid trip. I feel like this is how <laughs> my parents hear, heard me when I was a teenager with like all my like slang jargon. <laughs> and you're like, well, they asked me to bring stuff for a stew, but then I brought sap and then like the governor died. And yeah. I'm, and they're, they're like, what the fuck are you And talking? I was like, Blaze, I can't tell anyone. And he's like, Christine, it's uh, like... It, things only happen because you do them. It's a video game. Like, the best part is you can tell me and I'll never tell a soul except for this podcast. Oh, I've like, told literally I, everyone. I don't I, know what you're talking about And then next year I had to Google what to give the governor because I couldn't seem to make him happy. Well, you if did you, you poison have to give him. him a gold carrot. So if you're wondering. Oh, but not spaghetti. I'm really hung up on the spaghetti thing. Yeah, the spaghetti, uh, that's Eva. Because at first she didn't realize how, like, when you carry an item, you hold it above your head. But she didn't, like, know that. So she just kept walking around with spaghetti and she just didn't know how to get rid of it. Sounds like the way I want, like, some... One day when I own a castle and I, I expect a banquet every night, I hope all of the servers just hold the most exquisite foods over their head and then just bestow them to me. Yeah. And then if you walk up to somebody while you're holding an item, you give it to them. And she didn't know that. And she had just bought the spaghetti for herself. And so she walked up to someone to talk to them and handed him the spaghetti. And he was like, I don't like this. And she's like, that's my damn spaghetti. I bought it for myself. Anyway, I'll never get it, but I love it anyway. I keep trying to explain it, which is just so stupid. Why? Anyway, it's sounds noodles anyway it is noodles and it is uh stardew valley and apparently animal crossing is coming out soon so i'm gonna be on that game so just get ready em i don't even know what you're talking about i know uh okay let's see let's get back into this so donald harvey why did we talk about any of that i don't know i don't know where that came from something about bananas i guess so Anyway, um, so Donald Harvey, born April 15th, 1952 in Butler County, Ohio, pretty close to where I'm from. Mm. Uh, his parents moved to Boonville, Kentucky when he was pretty young. And uh, wow, shocker, he didn't have a great childhood. Oh, Kel Surprise. Kel Surprise. That's Em's other thing that I love. By the way, I we were watching Degrassi the other day, as we do. And 
Allison was like, hmm, out of all these characters, which one would I be? Which one would you be? And then she told me that I would be like, there's this one girl, Paige, who everyone kind of knows in the early seasons as like being the kind of like the the queen bee, Regina George, like bossy, you know, the one that no one really likes because she's like the queen bee, the queen bee, very high maintenance and all that. And Allison was like, oh, you would be Paige for sure. And I was like, I would. How on earth am I Paige? And then. Out of fucking Paige's mouth three minutes later in Degrassi, she fucking goes, Kel Surprise. There I- you go. There you go. I was actually like, yeah, I fully agree with Allison, to be honest. I do love a good a good dose of drama. Emma is a fucking queen bee, I tell you what. Just a queen. Right. <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm just your fucking jester holding up your noodles above my head. That's exactly my fantasy. Actually, like, you're really like the emperor, and I'm just wandering around like... Trying- emperor. The emperor trying to... In the Empire, and I'm just fucking the jester. I'll take it. I love it. Moving on. Moving quickly. On. Sorry. Uh, da, da, da. Okay. Love my... So, he did not have a good childhood. Kel Surprise, and mm-hmm. says... And Paige. And Paige. Uh, his mother basically said, oh, his ch- his childhood was filled with love and happiness, but um, it wasn't. It was later revealed that Harvey suffered through quite a bit of abuse at the hands of adults in his life, uh, most notably his uncle and his na- male adult neighbor. Uh, he also suffered a head injury as a child. Interesting. And as we know, studies have shown that uh, many mass murders and serial killers have something in common. They have suffered a head injury as a child. And the theory is that brain injuries are linked to um, acquired sociopathy. So all this to say, Harvey had a troubled start and it's not looking good. Not from, looking hot. From day one. Um, especially because another uh, common trait among murderers is abuse during childhood as well. Sure. So... Uh, fast forward to 1970. Harvey at this point is 18 and living in Cincinnati. Who day? Okay. <laughs> in Sin, Sin, Sinville. Anyone call it that? The Sinner's Town. Sin City. Sin, is that what they call it? No, that's Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, his, <laughs> we, let's, it's, no. Can we start calling it Cincinnati with an S? Because it sounds more appropriate for you. Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, sure. They okay. do call it Zin with a Z because it's um, a German town. Like, it's a German town. Of course town. it's a German. Of course Cincinnati. that's where your parents went when they came here. I just here. assumed you knew that. I mean, it was called Porkopolis because that's, like, where they manufacture all the pork. What? You didn't know this? Literally oh, not yeah. at all. It's called Over the Rhine. Like, it's like the Rhine Oh, River. I know. Over it's the like, Rhine. Is it downtown area because of the Rhine River in Germany? Anyway, whatever. <gasps> yes. What? Wow, a lot of things are clicking. Oh. <laughs> A lot of things are clicking. I thought you hurt yourself. No, um, just my brain. I hurt your brain. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a very, very, very German town. What a shocker um, to everyone. Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Head injuries. Wasn't looking hot for Harvey. Thank you. 18 years old, living in Sin City. Sin, whatever. Sinning, Cincinnati. Sinning in Cincinnati. Uh, yes. There we go. His grandfather was sick and staying at Marymount Hospital in London, Kentucky. So he decided to go stay at the hospital to help care for his grandfather. Um, over time, he became a familiar face around the hospital. There were nuns and nurses who worked there, and they grew pretty used to him being around. In fact, they grew so accustomed to his presence that they offered him a job there as an orderly. Uh, he accepted this job. He was only 18, remember? And he was placed into a position where not only was he just supervising patients on his own, he was also now dispensing medication and inserting catheters, despite being 18 and having, like, zero medical training. I mean, it sounds horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so let's just say the power went straight to his head. Only two months into the job, he snapped. 
One of his patients uh, was a stroke victim named Logan Evans, who grew angry with him and ended up rubbing feces on his face. And in return, uh, Harvey lost control, grabbed a pillow, and smothered him to death. Oh, my God. He's, again, only 18 at this point. Then he cleaned himself up and announced Mr. Evans' death to the rest of the staff. And let's just say, at this point, things went downhill. Um, Over the next 10 months, Donald Harvey killed 15 more patients. Holy crap. And typically by smothering them or hooking them up to faulty oxygen tanks. Okay, well, great. But because uh, most of Harvey's victims were either older or in such poor health, no one suspected him because he kind of played it off as they were older and sick and died of natural causes or their illnesses. Plus, he was so mild-mannered and calm. Like, I mean, literally the day he showed up, they were like, hey, you want to put in catheters? 18-year-old that has never done any medical Can you imagine of all of the jobs to give someone who has no background in it, you give them inserting catheters? Uh, truly. Can you imagine if you found out that, like, your medical provider was this 18-year-old kid who was just there because his grandpa was sick? Can you imagine if you found out they were about to put a catheter in you and the person who's going to do it is someone who's never done it before? It's like a teenager. Who's never even... Who also isn't really passionate about this job. Who literally just wants to murder people. Um, Anyway, yes, exactly. So no one suspected him because he was so mild-mannered. So mild-mannered, like I said. They even just let him do whatever the hell he wanted. And he had his own patience. Um, So outside of work, his life was not much better. He was super depressed. He often contemplated suicide. He had actually two relationships at this point. He had met a man named um, James Peluso. And they were on and off lovers for 15 years. And side note, he later killed him um, when he was too ill to take care of himself. So Jeez. that's a fun fun fact for you. Oh, fun indeed. But perhaps more notable, Harvey was also involved with a man named Vernon Midden, who was okay. a married man with children who worked as, get this, an undertaker. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. I see where we're going here. Interesting. So unsurprisingly, Harvey spent a lot of time with Vernon. He had a lot of questions about the human body and how it reacts to different forms of trauma. Mm -hmm. He also later admitted that when their relationship went south, he entertained fantasies of embalming Vernon while he was still alive. Oh, my God. (sighs) This is so sickening. It makes my body hurt. Um, Vernon did more than teach him about embalming, though. He also taught him uh, all about... Our favorite subject, the occult. Yay, yay. So here's a quote from the article on uh, ThoughtCo. In June 1977, he looked into it further and decided to join. This is where he met his spiritual guide, Duncan, who was at one time a doctor. Harvey attributes Duncan to helping him decide on who would be his next victim to die. Hmm. Thanks, Duncan. So he's like, oh, I have a spirit guide. He's telling me who to murder. I'm like, I don't think that's how this works, bud. I don't think that's quite what a, a spirit guide as much as it's like an Elmo demon or something. It's exactly like an Elmo demon, Honestly, actually. He probably, yeah. That's Pretty sure. It's pretty, actually Kermit. I'm actually pretty positive. Yeah. No, I, no, you leave Kermit out of this, my friend. A dancing spirit. <laughs> okay. So, March 31st, 1971 was Harvey's last day at Marymount Hospital after he was arrested, but not for murder, for burglary. Oh, okay. Even though he'd been murdering dozens of people. Sure. He was arrested for burglary. So apparently he had drunkenly attempted to burglarize an apartment and was caught. And after he was arrested, he was so wasted that he also confessed to being a murderer. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Not very careful. Uh, But an extensive investigation failed to turn up any evidence that he had killed anyone. So they thought he was lying, and he only faced burglary charges. They were like, oh, you're just being funny. You silly goose. You're uh, such a silly goose. You're noodles. Don, you're fucking you're noodles, so man. Mayor Noodletown, am I kidding, or what? 
Okay. <laughs> At this point, he decides to head out of town, out of Noodle Town, I assume. <laughs> uh, actually, he heads right straight into the middle of. He fucking dives into Noodle like, Town. Like downtown Noodle Town. Into the Marinara Lake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no? Okay. No, I'm on board. Okay, cool. At this point, he decides to head out of town. He enlists in the U.S. Air Force, but after two failed suicide attempts, he was sent home um, with an honorable discharge for medical reasons. He spent some time at the Cardinal Hill Convalescent Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, which I looked up and it still exists. Um, However, now it's called the Cardinal Hill Rehabilitation Hospital. Fun fact. Shout out (laughs) to all our friends there. Um, Sorry to put your name out with this story. Um, after his release in 75, he moved back to Cincinnati and landed a night position in the morgue. I mean, seriously, at the VA hospital there. Okay. It's believed that during this time, he killed at least 15 patients, 15 additional patients, to be clear. Oh, wow. Okay. By this point, he had started experimenting. Mm-hmm. This is where the Marinara River comes in. <laughs> More like the Cyanide River. Okay. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, he experimented with, this is so fucked, guys. He experimented with cyanide, arsenic, rat poison, and petroleum distillates. You know, those. Which he would put into foods, fruit juices, and pies, and would also put into people's IVs. Oh, my God. He also experimented by administering fluid tainted with hep B and HIV. Like, he would, like, put HIV virus into fluids and then inject them into people. Like, what? Right. Why? That's atrocious. What are you doing? So, like... Goose cam. Injecting people with uh, hepatitis B did result in hepatitis infection. but Shit. But no HIV. Um, and it often, this is his, like, I guess, research study, often ended with illness, but typically not death. That doesn't mean try it, I guess, is my um, caveat okay. on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now his murderous tendencies began to extend outside of his work outside of the workplace took his work home i guess you might say sure um so he had been in several relationships at this point he moved in with one of his lovers whose name was carl howler but when he learned that carl was cheating on him he began poisoning his food with arsenic as a way to keep him at the house so like almost just like he was too sick to leave so he couldn't cheat on him got it if that makes sense yeah that makes sense so he did not kill him but he kept him very ill his next victim was one of carl's friends who he thought was interfering too much in their relationship. So instead of poisoning her with arsenic like he did Carl, he infected her with hep B. Fuck. And also tried to infect her with the AIDS virus, which failed. <gasps> oh, my God. I know. Like, he, this is just so fucking crazy. Uh, next up was his neighbor, Helen Metzger. He felt that she was a threat to his relationship with Carl, too. I, I don't know what she, Helen Why? ever did to you, Carl, yeah. but okay. Looked at you weird? So he laced her jar of mayonnaise with arsenic. Oh my god! When it so it what a specific way. I to... know. And also, how do you get at her jar of mayonnaise? You're like, can I borrow that? Okay. Or like, you break in like just to open her fridge? Like you couldn't. Okay, sorry. Yeah, right. Like you're like somebody. It feels like someone broke in the house, but there's only one jar of mayonnaise that's uh, on right. the counter. Ugh, it's a weird crime. But so that didn't work. The mayonnaise did not killed her. Did not kill her. Excuse me. And uh, when he realized it didn't work, he baked her a pie filled with arsenic and she died. Shit. Yeah. Don't, I get, I mean, I guess don't, it's just so hard. I'm like, don't eat food from people. But I'm like, I always eat food from people. Like, Also, you should be able to trust your neighbor. If, you like, should be able to trust you your neighbor. You should, exactly. Like, it's not Helen's fault. She got a pie from her neighbor. Mm. That's a very lovely thing. That Remember, my neighbor just gave me a bag of lemons. Yeah. 
that I'm actually thinking of making a pie with. So who's to I don't say? want to eat any of it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> She's lovely. For many reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. You have mul- What about... Oh, no, no, I don't want it. You don't want any of it? Okay, fine. <laughs> not a lemon square? Those are my favorite. No, I'm not a lemon pastry fan. I love lemon squares. Okay. Uh, so he built, he uh, baked her a pie filled with arsenic. She unfortunately died. On April 25th, 1983, following an argument with Carl's parents, Harvey stopped poisoning their food with arsenic. And four days after the initial poisoning... Okay. You're okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. Arsenic pie. April 25th, 1983, following an argument with Carl's parents, his uh-huh. sick boyfriend, Harvey started poisoning... Oh, I said stopped poisoning. That's what I was confused. Got it, got it. Started poisoning. Like, that is tr- That is a tricky... Uh, game changer there started the killer stopped. stopped killing yeah but like people that he apparently wasn't killing so okay he started poisoning his in-laws basically so got it carl was sick at home yeah he had an argument with carl's parents and then he started poisoning their food too which i'm like how does he have access to all their food i don't know how does he have this much access to arsenic he works at a fucking oh i don't know do they have a arsenic at the hospital i don't i guess I mean, it's the 70s i feel like you could probably just find arsenic somewhere <laughs> i guess so um so they he started poisoning his in-laws basically with arsenic as well and then four days after the initial poisoning carl's father henry howler was dead after suffering a stroke on the night that he died harvey visited him at the hospital to check on him okay like he had put him there oh oh, 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 yeah yeah yeah. like he had poisoned his father-in-law and then when he was in the hospital to go check on him he went to go check on him and he brought him some pudding okay and it was tainted with arsenic and it killed him so arsenic is his favorite it weapon seems so to be, far. Yeah, since the AIDS virus didn't work, uh, arsenic is becoming his favorite tool. Got it. Uh, his attempts to kill Carl's mother continued, but she survived every single attempt. What a badass. <laughs> I know. Um, in January 1984, Carl uh, asked Harvey to please move out of his apartment. So Harvey was pissed. Uh, he was re- he felt rejected. Obviously, he was angry. He tried several times. He's like, I've been keeping Carl sick this whole time. Now I'm going to just try to kill him. Oh, right. Because if he moves out, then all of a sudden he's not going to be he able to get him sick him anymore. anymore. Right. And so he failed. Uh, and it's like he basically poisoned everyone in like Carl's circle like anyone that he felt was threatening he probably had some mentality of like i've done all of this for you and now you Mm -hmm. want me gone right and so he literally killed like anyone he thought was in the way of their relationship right and so now he wants to end the relationship well also poor harvey he's probably wondering like why is everyone dropping like flies well not harvey carl 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 yeah yeah, he's probably like why am i murdering everyone (laughs) (laughs) carl's the 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 boyfriend Yeah, yeah harvey's the angel of death right um yeah so he tried to poison Carl many times before he moved out and failed. So he was not able to do it. But despite this like murderous rampage, he was somehow excelling at his job. In March of 1985, he was promoted to morgue supervisor. Oh. Every little boy's dream. But a few months later, security guards found a gun in his gym bag and he was forced to resign. Unfortunately, the incident was never documented documented in any of his employment records, so he had a fully clean record and was... So he was in- able to get a job anywhere else. Immediately. Exactly. So he went straight to Cincinnati Drake Memorial Hospital and got a job there. Uh, in his own sick way, he quote-unquote thrived uh, because he had control of live patients again. Remember, he was like Ugh, at a morgue, yeah. and so he was killing people at his home, and now he's like back at a hospital where he has control of but killing. But at some point, like, doesn't everyone see like, oh, every person we put him in charge of dies. Like, maybe he shouldn't be in charge of people anymore. Yeah, you'd think so. 
Okay. Maybe. Right. Maybe you'd think so, but apparently not. Not me. Um, so from April 1986 to March 1987, so a little under a year, Donald Harvey killed 26 patients. Okay. That's terrible. In like 11 months. 26? Yes. He Good. described them as mercy killings, saying he hated to see sick people suffer and they were now better off because of him. Mm. But the spree had to end somewhere, and it ended with 44-year-old John Powell, Donald Harvey's last known victim. Okay. Powell had been in a motorcycle accident, and in Ohio, so if, you're, if you die in a motorcycle, a motor vehicle accident, sorry, any motor vehicle accident in Ohio, um, it requires an autopsy by law. Okay. And so the forensic pathologist who performed the autopsy happened to catch a whiff of something strange. The smell of decay? A strange almond smell. Oh, cyanide. Which we all know is what cyanide smells like. So the forensic pathologist, according to the research report, knew that foul play was afoot. LOL. Mm. That's literally the exact line. Afoot. Um, also, I mean, I've probably said this before, but fun fact, only 60% of people uh, are able to detect the smell of cyanide. So it's actually very fortunate that he was able to detect it. Yeah. Yeah. So Cincinnati police immediately conducted an investigation. Uh, employees were given the option. So, so they were like somebody at this hospital basically injected him with cyanide. Yes. So Cincinnati police went to the hospital, said to the employees, you are able to voluntarily take a lie detector test. But of course, Harvey called in sick on the day he was scheduled for this lie detector test. He soon became the lead suspect in Powell's murder, especially after investigators learned he had a really super fun nickname at work, Angel of Death. Okay. Well, because <laughs> they all know that knew that everyone was dying in, under his... It's just hilarious, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's so funny. So cute. Um, it was truly the nickname Angel of Death was given to him by his coworkers because it was such a funny coincidence that he always happened to be around when patients died. Like, what do you say at that? But then stop... If that's a superstition we're all aware of, then, like, why are people saying, like, okay, so your doctor is going to be that's funny, Dr. Harvey. Right. Like, ha, 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 but don't worry. Everyone he watches dies. Ha, ha, ha. Have fun. Yeah. Isn't that funny? We call him the angel of death, LOL. And he's not even a doctor, by the way. He literally Ugh. started doing this at age 18 with no medical training. And he's still here. Okay. So they gave him this hilariously fun nickname of angel of death because patients were always dying around him. Ha, ha. Uh, oh, and by the way, patient deaths had more than doubled since he began working at the hospital. Hell surprise. More than doubled at this entire hospital. Because of him. Because and of no one, And everyone's still laughing. Everyone th thinks it's hilarious. So a search of Harvey's apartment turned up enough incriminating evidence to arrest him for aggravated first-degree murder. Uh, he confessed almost immediately, explaining that he had killed Powell because he felt sorry for him and his family. Um, but Powell was not even that like he had been hurt in the accident but it wasn't like he was on life support or anything gotcha like he murdered him yes he was not I mean, better off for anybody right so when he was brought to trial authorities had enough evidence to convict him for the murders of 37 people holy That's shit how how clearly they knew however he later admitted that the number was closer to 70 he explained quote i felt what i was doing was right i was putting the people out of their misery Ugh. i know it's like really stomach churning i hope if i'm ever sick and full of tubes or on a respirator someone will come and end it so just like putting your opinions on someone else's yeah, life yeah Got when it. they're not even that sick like a lot of these people weren't even ill he was and also he was, yeah they could have had like a broken arm yeah and also he was experimenting it wasn't like oh the quickest painless death yeah 
he was like, let's was see like, if let I me, put AIDS in you. Let me think about embalming you alive. Right. Oh, and also people who, like the neighbor who he just decided he was mad at. Like, oh that's God. not that's right. not angel of death. That's not like saying, oh, they're better off. Right. You're maybe better off. He also said the killings gave him a sense of satisfaction and almost happiness. Oh, I mean, almost happiness. Yeah. So he's not even fucking he's fulfilled. still not even. Yeah, right. The murders gave him a sense of power and control that he felt he couldn't find anywhere else in life. God, what a sicko. So at this point, Harvey knew his only chance to avoid the death penalty was to accept a plea bargain. He agreed to... Oh, so he didn't want to die? That's interesting. I know! I'm sure everyone else didn't want to either. They were like, we're going to inject you with... uh, It's it's pretty quick. We're going to inject you. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Right, I have bad veins. Sorry. (laughs) It's like... I actually don't want to. I don't consent. The yeah. others didn't either. <laughs> I don't but... consent. Right. Fuck. Oh, yeah. What a dick. Uh, he agreed to a full confession in exchange for life in prison. He was sentenced to four consecutive 20-year sentences. And a few months later, he, confis- he confessed to 15 more murders and was then sentenced to eight life terms plus 20 years. Uh, he was incarcerated at the Toledo Correctional Institution. And on March 28, 2017, he was found lying in his cell, having been beaten severely by another inmate. He died two years later. And uh, all in all, Donald Harvey, he has passed, but he confessed to 87 murders. Not all of the claims wow. could be fully verified. Um, the 37 were, so there's Jeez. there's that giant number. Um, but if his counts are true and accurate, that makes Donald Harvey one of the most prolific serial killers in U.S. history. Holy shit. And that is the story of Donald Harvey, the angel of death. Yikes. Um, yikes. Um, what for yikes. real? That's fucking noodles. Ooh, ooh, it's so noodles. Um. Honestly. It's just, it's just sad. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's scary. I think it's really scary, too, that, like. You know, if you're ill or whatever, you you put yourself, your life, your health, your life at the hands of others, of somebody who's dedicated to like bettering you and like do no harm. You know, I mean, that's like the first rule. And then this person is literally like, well, let's see what happens if I put this in your catheter or this in your. And there were other. I mean, it makes you scared because at some point, statistically, most of us will end up in a hospital at some point for something, regardless of how small or big. But like. Then it makes you wonder, like, who am I allowing around me yeah. to make me better? Yeah. Because yeah. someone might be there to do the exact opposite. Yeah. That being said, go see your doctor if you're <laughs> ill. I'm not saying don't <laughs> seek medical help. I'm just saying it's scary that people like this take advantage. And it's yeah. scary. I mean, even my last week's story of, like, people on Tinder, I'm not saying don't trust people that you want to hook up with or meet or date. I'm just saying. It's only a, a fraction of a percentage likely, yeah. but also that one percentage, like you never know who it's going to happen yeah. to. It's, it's just terrifying. really, really scary. So be be safe out there, folks. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. So that's that, I guess. Thank you for coming to apparently an Ohio show. I know. Um, I don't know what that means. Is that an omen? Who's I to say? <laughs> I mean, there were no Walters this time around. That's true. However, Carl showed up again, so. <sighs> Guys, I'm getting nervous about Walters. They are showing up left and right. Crazy Carl. Um, so I guess that's it. Guess Happy that's February. It. I know. Happy um, Valentine's Day. Oh I'm, yeah, this is Valentine's Day weekend, or was that last weekend? I have no idea, but I'm with my Valentine here. That's the truth. And uh, we hope you guys have a lovely, happy winter. I know it's probably cold and gloomy. As someone who gets terrible seasonal affective disorder, I hope you're all doing okay. Get one of those lights that has from costco that has like sunshine in it i get, need one of those get your vitamin d levels up christine are you listening i need one of those well we're in la okay yeah but okay, sure. <laughs> uh you can sit under skylar and get some sunlight Ugh, why does skylar have a hole why does deb have a hole i'm actually a little concerned because skylar seems to have moved 
for the first time. I don't see <laughs> most of the web Deb anymore. Deb the web has shifted a slightly, and I'm a little anxious about it. I'm nervous. Did web? Did Deb the web float down? I think Deb the web's coming to meet you in person. Huh. <laughs> That being said, thank uh, you so much for listening. You can find all of our information. That's why we drink.com. That's right. Follow us on social means and uh, check out our website. <laughs> on the SMs. On the SM. And uh, we will talk to you soon, folks. We and love you. That's why we drink. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.